The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I am your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. On today's show, we will continue previewing New York Giants 2019 opponents as we talk to Lester Wiltfong, who writes for SB Nation's Windy City Gridiron, covering the Chicago Bears. Before we get to my interview with Lester, however, I wanted to uh, address something that's been on my mind lately, and that seems to be the, the dwindling public access to NFL training camps. We saw in the news recently that the Philadelphia Eagles are only hosting one public training camp practice this coming season and that is a practice that fans will have to pay to attend even though you know it's a nice thing that the money for that is going to charity but I find it to be a real shame that public access to training camp is uh, is dwindling you know as uh, as time goes on here I was gratified to see that the Giants will be hosting 10 public practices for training camp which actually is a higher number than than in 2018 when I think they only hosted nine still you know I look back at the days you know I live in the upstate New York area just outside of Albany and I really remember the days when the Giants hosted their training camp or had their training camp in Albany of course this was back when there were two public practices a day so Fans had the opportunity to see potentially 30 New York Giants practices, you know, during a training camp period, you know, and and the Albany experience was much different and much better for fans than the ones than the one they get currently in New Jersey. In New Jersey, you know, you pull up to a parking lot outside of the, the Giants facility, you know, in East Rutherford, you sit you know, in bleachers or stand behind 
a you know the the fences you know where the giants practice and you're a long way away from the players generally also players enter the practice field uh on the opposite side from where fans are in Albany you know, when when the giants were there fans had much better access to players players had to walk through what was called autograph alley they basically had to walk past rope lines of fans to get to the practice fields albany had i believe five practice fields at the time um you know and and there was much better access you could get much closer to the practice fields there weren't fences between players there were rope lines and you could get closer to practice than you can uh than you can now i mean there were fences on some of the fields you could sit on the side of a hill you know and, and watch practice you could get a blanket out you could have a picnic you could you know your kids could run around on the side of the hill it was just a much friendlier you know much better atmosphere for fans to watch players and I, I get it now. I get why the Giants do their training camp in New Jersey. They have a new facility with three and a half practice fields with a full practice bubble, you know, where they can go when uh, when there is inclement weather. I understand the idea that at bottom line is that, you know, this is, the time when NFL teams are preparing for a season, it is their most important practice time of the year. I just feel like, you know, the NFL and sports in general becomes more and more corporate all the time. And the training camp access for fans is one of the last, one of the few times when people can actually go and see NFL players in some sort of an environment and get close to them and watch them, you know, without paying an arm and a leg. And I find that that the the farther we get away from the two a days, you know, the we find fewer and fewer teams actually reaching out to fans, you know, via their training camps and doing things to make it special for fans. And I I, I just find that to be somewhat sad. Because there's, you know, fans pay so much money to go and see their teams generally play games. And and we know how much, you know, fans care about their teams. I just, I wish that teams would do more instead of less to reach out to their fans in, in training camp type situations. Anyway, one of the things that I'm going to be doing at Big Blue View is what I would like to do is reach out to Giants fans who have been to training camps, who maybe have had good experiences attending you know events like that in the past. What I would like you to do, send your story, send some pictures to bigblueview at gmail.com. Send the photographs, send a quick explanation of, of when they were taken, you know, what the situation was, what your experience was, if you want to detail it, you know, make sure you include your names, names of anyone that's in your pictures. And, you know, and we'll put together a a post at Big Blue View with some fan memories, some fan experiences at past training camps. I think that might be fun, be a good sort of way for fans to, uh, 
to look forward to training camp, maybe to reminisce about some of their best experiences at training camp. So again, please, you know, send those pictures, send those stories to bigblueview at gmail.com. And, you know, once we get a few of those together, we'll uh, we'll put a post together at Big Blue View and, and maybe that'll be uh, entertaining as we wait for the Giants to begin, you know, this year's training camp at the end of July. Okay, Giants fans, let's take a short break. And when we come back, I will talk to Lester Wiltfong of Windy City Gridiron about the Chicago Bears. And to help us do that, we are joined by Lester Wiltfong of SB Nation's Windy City Gridiron. Lester, thank you very much for spending some time with me. No problem, Ed. Good to, uh, good to talk to you again. Hey, so let's so let's talk Chicago Bears, and 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 you know let's you know the, the Giants beat the Bears in 2018, but let's you know I'm certainly not going to gloat about about. Uh, about winning a game with with Chase Daniel playing quarterback, you know, when you guys went 12 and 4 and the Giants limped home with five wins. So, you know, so it's it's You know, it, it, it was a really good game on the Giants end of things. You know, the Bears uh you know, the Bears kind of laid an egg, you know, when they were playing in New York and uh you know, the Giants took advantage of some opportunities and then the Giants were the better team on that day. Oh, I just wish the Giants had been the better team on a few more <laughs> days in recent years. You know, it would make yeah. my life a lot happier if that was the case. Yeah. But but so be it. You know, we all go through stretches where our teams just aren't very good. I know that for uh, for a fact. <laughs> yeah, yes, we yes we do. I mean, I I'll, I'll take comfort these days in 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 being a Yankees fan. There you go. All right, so let's talk Bears a little bit, and let's start with this. We're through the the basic, you know, part of the off season now. All the OTAs, the draft, free agency, all of all of that. Do you, you know, generic question is: Do you feel better or worse, you know, about the Bears, you know, at this point, you know, entering training camp, you know, maybe than you did at the end of last season? Um, you know, last year at this time. You know, I was excited for the head coach. You know, I thought that they were going to have a, a really big turn on after what they had with John Fox there. You know, I'm not saying, you know, it was it was it was rock bottom with John Fox because the Bears kind of did that with with Mark Tressman, you know, uh, but but coming off the John Fox era, the three years there, you know, I thought they made the right hire. I was really high on Matt Nagy. I'm glad they hired him. And, and you know, I was expecting a, a nice year for the Bears. Uh, I'm trying to think back. I think I had him going nine and seven. And then when they made the big trade for Khalil Mack, I thought 10 and 6, but I actually still predicted that they were going to miss the playoffs. I thought the Vikings and Packers were going to both finish ahead of them in the division, even, and then they'd be one of those those rare 10-win teams that don't make it. But So so I was surprised with 12 and 4, but but everything kind of came together. You know, the defense has a lot of talent on it, and they played really good. The offense kind of came around just enough. And, uh, you know, 12 wins, of course, it didn't finish the way that Bears fans hoped, but uh, it was a really good season for the Bears. So, so going into this offseason – I mean, ex- expectations are pretty sky high. I mean, all around, I mean, the Bears are talking, you know, they're talking about the Super Bowl, um, and, and it doesn't feel like it's just empty talk this year because, you know, they have a a very talented team and, and a very good scheme on both sides of the ball. So it's an exciting time to be a Bears fan, and that's uh, that's that's good to hear because it's been a long time for us. You know, with, with all of that said, you know, all of that excitement coming off 12, you know, a 12-win season, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about, how that season ended a little bit later on but with you know 
it feels to me, you know, when I look at the at the draft and I look at free agency, it feels to me like the Bears lost more talent than they gained during the uh, you know during the offseason. How do you feel about the the roster turnover and and the things that that have happened, uh, you know, through the offseason? When you talk about losses, if you, if you, we'll go offense first because offense pretty much only one loss, and that was something they chose to do. They chose to trade Jordan Howard, and and it's not because he's not a bad running back; it's because he does not he wasn't a good fit for the system. Uh, you know, Coach Matt Nagy wants a tailback that he can split out as a receiver, that he can put in, in, in the slot, that he can motion out and do other things with him. And Jordan Howard, his hands aren't as bad as a lot of people think. But he does not have the, the 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 ability to quickly start up as a receiver. So when he does catch the ball out there in space, it takes him a while to get going. And and that's not what the offense wants. The Bears want tailbacks that can split out wide, go in a slot like Tariq Cohen. That's why they drafted David Montgomery. That's why they signed Mike Davis in free agency. All three of these guys can line up anywhere in the offense, and that makes it tough for a defense. So I think even though they lost a the guy who has been in a Pro Bowl recently. I think the the offense is upgraded in, at, at the running back spot. But uh, but, over on, but go ahead. But did you really have to trade him to the Eagles? You know, honestly, like I said, I'm a fan of Jordan Howard, but I think his best football is behind him. I mean, you, you kind of see how much the Eagles valued him because of what the trade was. I mean, the league valued Jordan Howard as a conditional six round pick. That's the best the Bears could do. You know, there were no other better offers on the table. They took the conditional six. They figured with if with any luck, they'll get that high. Otherwise, it'll be a seventh-round draft pick. And that's just what the, the value of the league placed on, on Jordan Howard. You know, part of it is the league doesn't value running backs very well anymore. Part of it is Jordan Howard has declined in production all three years he's been a pro. Uh, yes, he was a pro bowler the first year with a, a, a five yards per carry. But every year it's kind of went down. And, and I don't see him making a big impact with the Eagles. I mean, they drafted Miles Sanders uh, at tailback for a reason because Jordan Howard is limited. You know, I think Jordan Howard's going to play the uh, LeGarrette Blunt role when the Eagles when the Eagles when, when the Eagles were the champs. He kind of had that same role about about 6 700 yards rushing, get some goal line carries. That's what Jordan Howard is going to be if he even gets that many carries with Philly. All right, so you uh we were talking about, you know, off-season changes and all of that. So uh, I th- I think you wanted to go ahead and talk about the defense. So uh, yeah. so so go ahead and do that. I mean, defensively, I mean, the biggest change, obviously, is at, at the, the at coordinator. Uh, Vic Fangio moved on to, to coach the Denver Broncos. Um, but I'm not as concerned as some fans with the change to Chuck Pagano. You know, Chuck Pagano is, is a quality coach. He's kind of similar to Vic Fangio as far as mentality. Uh, they both kind of have that that, 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 that old-school thing, um, and, and they got that going out, and they're, they're a little older. Uh, they kind of relate to the players in, in, in that way. Uh, there's a lot, already a lot of respect built up there with the players. So he's a guy that he's a little more aggressive as a play caller. Yes, he only has the one year uh, in, in Baltimore when he was when, when he was their play caller. But that year, he took a really good Ravens defense, and he made them the, the best defense in the league. Their sacks, their interceptions, their forced fumbles, everything went up across the board. Uh, uh, Suggs went from a pro bowler to the to, to the defensive player of the year under his guidance. So uh, there may be a slight drop-off just because the Bears were so good a year ago, but I think it's going to be negated because the Bears' offense should be a little better. It'll keep the defense a little fresher, and I'm not worried. I mean, they lost Adrian Amos, uh, who is a, a good, strong safety, but at the end of the day, he's a strong safety. I mean, that's he may have been the Bears' 11th most important defensive player, so they lost him, and, and I know he got a, a huge contract from the Packers, but 
you know, they're bringing in a guy who's in, 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 uh, in, in haha Clinton Dix, who's a little better ball hawk. Uh, he may fit the scheme a little better. Um, he may not be as sound of a tackler as Amos, but he he's averaged more tackles than Amos has the last couple of years. So it's not like he's afraid of contact. And the other guy they lost was Nickelback Bryce Callen, who who that's the one guy I really hope they would keep because Callen is very underrated. He's a very good uh, slot corner. Um, losing him for for Buster Screen, I think, is going to be a little a little downgrade. But Screen has played on some bad defenses throughout his career. So let's see how he plays now that he has pretty much a, a pro bowler at every level at defense, he may play better. It's interesting. I thought both of those guys, Amos and Callahan, were would be on the uh, on the Giants' radar uh, this offseason, and it didn't work out either way because yeah. I thought both were, were good players. And, you know, the Giants obviously drafted, I think, every cornerback available in the draft, you know, <laughs> and then uh, and signed, you know, veteran Antoine Bethea, you know, which is a stopgap for them, you know. But I, I thought if they went big, if they invested big on a player in in free agency, that that it might be one of those two guys. But it didn't work out that way. You know, a lot of Bears fans thought the same thing. They thought that when you guys lost Collins, you're going to go after Amos, and it just kind of you know ended up going. He stayed in the division. So, uh, I, like I said, he he he's a good player. He's a solid player. You know, Pro Football Focus really loves him because he's a a, a solid, steady guy. But honestly, he may have been the Bears' 11th uh, most important player on defense and, and, and maybe even 12th if you want to put the, the uh, Bryce Callen ahead of him. So is he a big loss? I, I guess the time will tell, but, you know, I don't see it that way. All right, Lester. So I have to ask, are do you still have double-doink nightmares? <laughs> yeah, I think every Bears fan is going to just have that. I mean, just hearing the word double-doink makes, makes Bears fans cringe. Uh, that was just such a uh, such such a horrible way to lose a game. You know, the Bears started off slow with, with the quarterback Trubisky. You know, he, he had a, a real rough first quarter, uh, but but every quarter he got better. The offense was clicking a little better. Um, he, he put him in, in, in position to win. You know, he, he he had a really great fourth quarter there. He had a couple really really big plays. To Allen Robinson put him in a position with a very makeable field goal, and of course, uh, you know, the double doink happened. Yes, it did, and 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 the internet enjoyed it very much. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they did. You know, I, I know, I know on 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 our, on our on our Facebook and Twitter feed, you know, we had fans of of Eagles and and fans of Packers and Lions and Vikings. They all came out of the woodwork to let us know how how much the Bears uh, really blew that game. And so, you know, it is, it is what it is. It happened. What are you going to do? Not much. You know, the the Giants are still, uh, you know, Giants fans still have nightmares about the. I think it was I forget what year it was now but 2002 2000 something I think around there Trey Junkin game you know with the uh with a a, a messed up long snap you know with the uh, with a game winning field goal on the line in the in a conference title game so so we we've been there we've felt your pain and and, and we know how we know how that goes and and somehow or another you know people like me will always manage to to, <laughs> to, to dig the knife in and remind you a little bit that's okay at least you're not an eagles fan so that's okay you know it's 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 hilarious Everybody I talk to says, well, you know, I, I talk to, to other bloggers from other websites. And what is it about the Eagles? Well, actually, I, I, I know what it is, but it's actually kind <laughs> of enjoyable that everyone from everywhere seems to hate the Eagles. You know, I got to tell you, the, when, when the Bears, during that week, and then, of course, after the loss, 
You know, I had more people talking trash to us that are our Eagles fans on, on, on our Twitter and our Facebook and just in general, you know, you know, they, they were, they were, they were uh, uh, coming to our site too. Eagles fans, they are, they are, they're, they're, uh, they're, 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 they're something else. I don't want, I don't want to get too, too vulgar here, but you know, those guys were pretty, pretty brutal. Yes, yes, they are. So, and, and let, this, and this, and this from a Bears fan who deals with Packer fans and Lions fans on a daily basis, Eagles fans put those guys to shame. Those guys are are just brutal. Yeah, that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> There's <laughs> one way to put it. Let me ask you. You know, listen, you guys are entering. I think it's year three of the Mitchell Trubisky era. Yeah. Where do you stand on Trubisky's development? You know, what do you think of him? You know, as a quarterback at at this point in time. You know, he's he's coming along. I mean, you know, I wasn't the biggest Trubisky fan when the Bears drafted him. Um, you know, I actually had him as my as my number three guy that year. You know, I'm, I'm not looking at it from a scout perspective. Just kind of as a fan, you know, I liked a couple other guys better. But you know, I, I understood the trade up. You know, the Bears got the guy that they believed in, and you know, his his rookie year wasn't the best, but you know, he showed flashes. And then last year. You know, if you look at his body of work from week one to week 17 and then to the wild card game, you know, he got better every week. You know, he had a bit of a hiccup there with the injury, but this is a guy who his command of the offense grew on a week to week basis. And it's something that, that fans could actually see. So the Bears are coming along, you know, of course, during the OTAs, they're saying all the right things. The head coach is really excited what's going on. Um, but if it was just the coaches and players talking, I'd, I'd be okay. It's, it's just that's just lip service, but the beat guys are actually in OTAs are, are praising it as well. They're saying it looks like a totally different quarterback. The offense looks completely different. They're seeing different things, new things. You know, the players are all on the same page, and and that's what's to be expected going into year two of the same offense. All right. So last but not least, here give me a quick synopsis of the division. And, you know, and your, your expectations, you know, for, uh, you know, for where the Bears will end up this year. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm bored with, with the, with the coaches and players. I think this is a team that is Super Bowl ready. You know, if, if anyone has followed the Bears, they kind of want to look for a, a team to mirror it off of. And you're looking 05, you know, the Bears kind of had a real, a, a real good season, but a, a, a problem in the playoffs. And then the next year they went to, went to the, went to the Super Bowl and they, they of course lost to the Colts. Go back to 84, same thing. They had a really nice year, kind of had a problem in the playoffs. Next year, Super Bowl champs. So, you know, this team is is primed. I mean, everything's set up for this to be a magical season for the Bears. They got to, of course, get it done on the field. But, you know, they have the talent in place. They have the quarterback in place. The coaches in place. You know, just there's an aura around this team that it's just kind of hard to describe unless you're actually, you know, a, a fan of the team. You know, the, the, the club dub stuff. You know, this is just a really tight, close-knit team. You know they all get along with each other. You don't hear you know the the, the drama that's that are happening with other teams. It doesn't exist with the Bears. You know these guys generally like each other and and they want to play and win for each other. And, and I think uh, Super Bowl or bust. And as far as the division goes, you know whenever you play in a division with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, that's obviously going to be a problem. Aaron Rodgers just a really good uh, quarterback, one of the best ever. Uh, so you know they'll be right there in it. And, and the Vikings are tough. And and the Lions, of course. They had a rough year last year, but I think they'll be they'll be a little better this year. So it's a tough division. I can see the Bears winning less games, but being a better team and then still going on and winning the whole thing. You know, Lester, it's interesting that you mention you know what what the Bears went through last year. It, history tells us a lot of times that that teams that go through things like that wind up you know benef- benefiting from those in the long run. 
And I can think, I'm old enough to remember the 1985 playoff game in Chicago that the Giants should have won <laughs> where Sean Landetta whiffed on a punt. Whiffed, yeah. I'm old enough, you know, I, how can the wind blow that hard? And then the next year, what happens? They won the, the Super Bowl. win the whole thing. Right. It ha- it's happened all through history. So, you know, this is the Bears' 100th celebration. You know, there's just a lot of weird things happening within the city, within the franchise, where you think, oh, my God, it's, it's just fitting. This has to be the year. And, and, and as Bears fans, you know, it's, you know, we would lose our minds if it happened this year because everything I said, everything's in place. It, it, it could be a magical season, but, you know, they got to get it done. Well, we will look forward to uh, Giants and Bears. I think that's well down the road. I think that's week 12. We'll yep. hope that we'll hope that it means something to the Giants. Yes. Other than a chance for Daniel Jones to play. <laughs> you know, I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones cuz cuz I got a buddy of mine who who's a big quarterback scout guru. That's what he he loves to do. And and he had Jones as his top guy and he was so excited when the Giants took him. I, I just don't know if I see it, but what are your what are your thoughts on Jones? Well, it's it's very interesting. Mark Schofield, who is a quarterback guru, writes for a lot of places, does some work for us, and Mark wasn't high on Jones. But look, I you know, Mark realized that it looked like NFL guys were higher on Jones than a lot of the outside scouts who only watched you know, who only had the tape available yeah. to them. You know what happens in the in the process is we all make our evaluations off of whatever tape we can get a hold of off of YouTube, off of yep. whatever tape, off of whatever games we happen to watch on television. You know when we were probably distracted by whatever else was going on during you know in our <laughs> homes during the day. You know whatever else, kids, whatever you know, whatever you're into, kids, friends, whatever was going on, but. You know these guys. You have to you have to understand these guys. They have years worth of information. They have access to everybody. Back to this kid's pop Warner coach, if they want to go back that far. They can yeah. talk to anybody and everybody. They can talk to these kids, you know, multiple times and bring them in, you know, and and talk to them for hours on end in certain situations. You know, if they bring them to the facility, so. You know, the way I look at it is maybe the outside analysis was that Jones shouldn't have been the sixth overall pick. But when you talk about quarterbacks, if he was their guy, and I do think, I still think there was a split in the NFL between whether Dwayne Haskins was QB2 or Jones was QB2 in the draft. If he's your guy, if he's the guy you want long term, then you make that move. You don't mess around. You do, you you don't say, well, maybe I can trade back up or maybe I can get him at seventeen. You take him at six, and you don't let anybody else take him away from you. The question is going to be, you know, how good is he? I think you know he's very, he was very impressive in spring workouts. He looks like a professional quarterback. You know, but I had, it's funny, I had a, a Giants.com guy on a, on the show the other day, and he said, I think his floor is Andy Dalton. You know, and, and, and that's not bad. But That's if not he's, a bad floor. But if he's Andy Dalton. Fans don't like it, though. Yeah. If he's Andy Dalton, he's, you know, to, to justify the sixth overall pick and to get where the Giants want to go, 
he's going to have to be better than that. I think yeah. he looks like a guy who can, at the very least, be a representative NFL quarterback. You know, the question is, is the ceiling high enough to get the guy to get the Giants to the places Eli Manning took them? Yeah. So well, you know, it, that's it, it should be a good battle the next few years if he develops or if Trubisky develops. You know, the NFC needs some young, up and coming quarterbacks too. But it is it is interesting to hear you know from another source you know that 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 a guy was you know was high on Jones like that I think this this impression to me and and maybe to you this impression to me that he was a third round pick that, that nah. nobody in the universe thought he was thought he was worth that kind of a pick I think that's wrong yeah so anyway Lester we will look forward to week twelve as I said we. We we can only hope from the Giants' end that 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 the game actually means something. You know, it, it's it's actually been uh, hasn't hasn't been very often in recent years that that games in the last few weeks of the season have meant things to the Giants. So we'll we'll cross our fingers. We'll hope it means something, and and we'll hope the Giants go to Soldier Field and and don't have any any punts blow completely away from them. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll hope for a good game, but. Uh... Of course, we're looking for the for the Chicago win there. Well, if, well, of course you are. We wouldn't expect <laughs> any, we wouldn't expect anything less. And you know, maybe uh, maybe around that time, maybe we'll have you back on. We'll talk a little more Bears Giants to to preview that game. So, thank you very very much for spending some time with me, and we'll talk to you again. No problem, Ed. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a good one. All right, bye. All right, our thanks to Lester Wiltfong for dropping some information about the Bears on us. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, Giants fans, send your photos, send your stories about training camp, you know, interactions with players, whatever your favorite memories are from camps that you've attended in the past. Send those to BigBlueView at gmail.com and we'll put together a post at BigBlueView, you know, looking back at some of those memories. I think it'd be an interesting way for, for fans to share their experiences their interactions with some of their Giants favorites. As always, we thank you for listening. We remind you to please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.